Are you ready? I'm ready. Hi, and welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. Can you believe I just walked up to a coffee shop in Eugene and all of a sudden Jordan Barber was there? If you don't know Jordan Barber, he has a lot of cool things that he's done in the past in coffee, and now he's got a new, new venture. Jordan, tell us a tiny bit about yourself and your past in coffee. Uh, my past in coffee. Man, I've been in coffee for <laughs> 12 years. <laughs> Holla. Long time. Um... Most recently, I was in New York City working for Intelligentsia Coffee doing wholesale, I did mostly training and account support kind of stuff. Before that, I was in Denmark at a place called The Coffee Collective. And then before that, I was in New York cafe scene. Uh, yeah, now I'm in Eugene, Oregon, back where I grew up. Um, I'm back in school, uh, pursuing a degree in um, human physiology. Which is pretty awesome. Um, shout out to going back to school quick background for all the people who hadn't been listening i'm on a crazy road trip um kind of killing time between when <laughs> when i was finished in santa barbara and when i am opening up cat and cloud with chris baca and charles jack um in santa cruz so i'm actually on the final leg and i swung through eugene thinking that it was going to be the one place i didn't know anybody and popped into this coffee shop called tailored um, they do their own roasting and my wife had been here. Her family lives here and they said, she said, this is the best coffee to go to in town. Don't even try anywhere else. And whether or not that's true, I, I listened to her and popped in and started getting to work. And then I turned around and Jordan Barber was standing right there and I was kind of tripped out because like, I know for a fact, well, I thought I knew for a fact you didn't live here, <laughs> but here you do. Um, indeed I do. So take it, take it really quick way back. You got into coffee in New York. Yes? Um, I actually got into coffee here in Eugene okay. uh, at a coffee shop about six blocks from where we are right now, uh, a place called Full City. Um, Always Full City. <laughs> they are doing the same thing that they were doing 20 years ago. <laughs> uh, Super Full City. You know, like straight up second wave, if that, uh, yeah. Feeling it. <laughs> some dark roast Sumatra. Deep. Full natural. <laughs> so you started here. And then, by the way, everybody, we're sitting. We're actually sitting outside of a great place called Beerstein. Correct. Um, Jordan, Jordan invited me down here. I got to hang out for a quick minute before we leave. And um, anyway, so I'm having a, I'm having a Duchess on on a quick sidebar, and and he's having a uh, Blinder Weiss 1809. Yeah, that's a beer I've never had before, but I taste it, and trust me, it's delicious. If you remember that, crispy and citrusy. Yeah, log it up. I'm having yeah. Duchess is a nice sour. Uh, okay, so he invited me down here. You started coffee here. How did you get to New York? Uh, <laughs> well, you've hung out in this town. There's not a whole lot going on. Um, so far, no. I was in school. Uh, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with that. Um, I was starting to get into the coffee game and was really liking it. So I decided to move to New York because I saw some things happening. Um, getting into coffee here and like making a name for yourself and pursuing a career in the Pacific Northwest is pretty pretty difficult to do because um, there's a lot of people in the game. So felt like if I was in New York, I could I could do some. Make a name for myself. Well, and that happened in some way, shape, or form because you talked about Coffee Collective, which is a fairly, in case you're wondering, everybody, and you hear that in the background, I don't know if you can. Somebody left their dog. We're sitting outside, and the dog is extremely sad. The dog is unharmed. The dog is unharmed. There were no animals. Harmed. No one brought it beer. <laughs> but, man, I think he's got some, some fear in him. Okay, so you are in New York, and then somehow you get yourself to the Coffee Collective in Denmark. Uh, that that's a kind of a random uh, random story. Uh, one of my best friends uh, in New York is Danish, and 
Um, I was moonlighting as a, a bike messenger in New York, and he's a bike messenger. And we did a uh, bike messenger bike race in Copenhagen that he invited me to go to. And I ended up meeting Casper uh, and Klaus of the Coffee Collective, who were friends with a friend of my friend Fleming named Asger. Um, they've been hanging out at his bike shop. So I ended up meeting them kind of not through coffee. Like, I, of course, I want, I was in Copenhagen. I was going to go check out the Coffee Collective. But I mean, you already knew who Klaus was, yeah? Yeah, I totally knew who those guys were. Um, Can you tell, tell the world who might not know who Klaus is? Uh, Klaus, I forget what year he won. But he is either, he's a former he uh, World Barista champion. Uh, uh, totally awesome dude. Um, he, was, he was post um, Captain Jim Seven. He was post Hoffman, yeah? Uh, pre the year before before so Hoffman. The year before Hoffman, and then after okay, cool. And then after Hoffman was Morrissey, right? I get uh, them all mixed up. I believe so. Dates are not my thing, everybody. <laughs> but for y'all who don't know, Klaus is an ex World Barista champion, and Casper is a uh, former World Cup Tasters champion. Oh yeah, also a big deal. Yeah, as no, it turns no big out. deal. Yeah, he's sli- he's slightly less famous in the coffee world, but still very very good. I think he actually still has the record for the the time in the finals for the completing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think he got a perfect score, and he did it in ridiculous short amount of time. I'm kind of jealous of those guys. I kind of want to get into that because it gives me something to. Well, first of all, you practice in a different way, and it's like it's all or nothing. You just like go in and you do it, and then you like win or you don't, and and it's on. You know, it's on point. People can look. It's like pick up the cup. Dot. No. Okay. Sweet. I lost. But. Also, we got to get uh, some good commentary going on. Who who is doing it? Ben Kaminsky. <laughs> Kaminsky's his doing good basically the commentary from Ben Kaminsky <laughs> at any of those events is just straight on point. I still want to get him on this show. It's been a long time. I I bet him and him and Tonks are like the elusive ones who never answer, but always say they're down to get on. Is he ever in the same town for more than two days? Yeah, I don't know. People say he is. San Francisco is his home, so I'm sure he's there. But all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, he's in San Francisco, and they're like, no, he's not. He's in Australia. I'm like, why? Uh. Funny story, actually, I was in Copenhagen for uh, vacation last year, and I actually ran into Ben there, randomly. No idea he was there. Walked into the Coffee Collective, like, headquarters, and there he was on his laptop. And I'm like, what? (laughs) So kind of similar situation uh, for us running into each other. Pretty much, actually. Yeah, sort of. Except Ben Kaminsky's way more famous. And Ben Kaminsky also won a a Cup Tasters Championship, everybody, and he's pretty, pretty good at understanding coffee. Pulled me a great shot of Sumatra and coffee once, which I, which I didn't think was actually possible. That's not true, but it's kind of true. I don't like Sumatra Don't tell coffee. Peter Giuliano. <laughs> Peter G will be mad at me forever. So how long were you in Copenhagen? Uh, I was there for six months. Um, okay. I would have stayed longer. Uh, just getting a work visa in Europe is uh, really difficult. And what year was that? That would have been like four or five years ago now. Okay. Yeah. And then you transferred straight to Intelli from there? Uh, I went and worked for a cafe called Third Rail Coffee for a couple uh, of months. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and then I kind of got reimmersed myself in the New York scene, and then I, I applied for the job at Intelli. Crazy. And then you were in Intelli for what, five years, four years? Uh, three and change. Three and change, okay. Yeah. And you got it, you did your competitions through Intelli, yes? A couple times, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you did pretty well in the regionals, yeah? And nationals. Uh, I mean, I, right? I made finals. I was made finals at the the regionals a couple times. I think yeah. I got third and second, if I don't, if I recall correctly. I mean, it's a hot region. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty hot region. I was going up against Katie Cargiulo. She's a she's a tough competitor. Tough gal. Uh, um, also, uh, Sam Lawanton of Everyman Espresso. He's yeah. also a tough competitor. I yeah. think he, the 
Katie's won the U.S. and Sam has made finals, I think, a couple times. Yeah, and he just he just took uh, second place in the regional or the U.S. Coffee Championships, and oh, cool. he actually was um, the guest prior to Barista Magazine on our on our deal. We we called him in after that, and he talked a little bit about how the the reformatted competition scene goes. I don't even know what's going on with it I right know. now. Well, that's that's exactly that's my exactly my point is. All right, everybody. This is this is partially why I was excited to talk to Jordan. Is that Jordan has been in the game. He knows coffee. He knows it really, really well. He's done a, a few different jobs. He's been, you know, wholesale wholesales department that's different than a barista, which he also was. And I mean, roasting is a different place, but these are these are potentially like career placement jobs in companies that people seek currently. And he decided to maybe not walk away forever, but he walked away and I think that's an important thing. Um, there's a lot of people out there who are striving to, first of all, they're, they're, there's passion. There's, they're really passionate about coffee or at least they think they are. And then they're trying to jump into it. And I'm personally, am somebody who talks about the long play or thinks about the long play a lot for me and you Jordan and, and Taylor, then the, the first day I walked in, when I was briefly talking to you and you told me you were going back to school to study human physiology. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. You started talking about how you were looking at the long play and you kind of considered some of the big companies based on that currently being the only way to have a long play in coffee and decided to you right now, it's not worth it to go there. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on the long game. You got to look at the long game. That's really all there is. Um, I mean, the short game's fun. You can do a lot of cool things. Um, but, you know, for sustainability, not just um, for the industry, but personally, I just didn't see it um, see it being there. So that's kind of why I stepped back and kind of looked at looked at my options and kind of didn't like what I was seeing, honestly. And then uh, and then decided to make the choice to go back to school for the sake of saying not not necessarily getting into like what you were seeing, but what what was it that you didn't like what you were seeing? Was it like the path that would get you to a monetary place that that you potentially felt like you wanted to get to was not a path you were passionate about or was it something different um i would say um honestly all of those things um monetarily like at intelli i was i had was paid great and i have no complaints on that front really why i left intelli was more or less just i didn't want to be in new york anymore uh, if anyone hasn't ever been there before it's a it's a really hard place to live. You have to want to live there. Um, I had a really great time, and then I didn't, <laughs> so I left. <laughs> um, but otherwise, for the the long term, kind of like sustainability, um, I was looking at the options of where I could go in positions that I was in, and moving my career forward, um, learning new things, uh, and more importantly, actually just working for people that I I really respected. Um, doing interesting things, um, pushing sustainability, pushing quality, um, also just in a city that I wanted to live in. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I poked around, looked around for, for jobs and I talked to a couple of people and I ju it just wasn't there. Yeah. I mean, so that's feels like it could be a pretty dramatic place to be, right? Cause you're like, okay, I... I mean, I don't know. You could very well get back into coffee in some way, shape, or form. Um, but you're officially saying, okay, I'm putting this thing that I've put 12 years into on either hold or quitting, who knows, and going back to school. 
And I mean, was that hard for you? Or were you kind of at the point where you were like slightly over it and realized you can go have and taste good coffee anyway? And it's it's less about, you know, preparation and being involved. Um, I think I wanted to put put the, the whole thing on hold. Um, I was kind of kind of burned out, honestly, on on the industry and kind of the things that are are being pushed forward, what's being valued culturally. Um, I, I, just, I, didn't, I just wasn't down with where the direction and where the industry was going. Um, I'm getting hot fire. <laughs> I love this. Uh, not, I mean, I don't want to, you know, You don't have to talk, talk about ish. companies. Uh, but I don't want to talk ish, but yeah. it's just kind of where I am at. I, just, I, didn't, I didn't like the direction um, culturally. Uh, I think the things that are being valued... Um, not not just by companies or ethos of companies, or but you know, in, in individual levels. Um, I think the competition scene is uh, also a, a great manifestation of what I'm talking about. Um, I mean, I was I'm a former competitor. Like I totally use that format to push my career forward, and it was very helpful. And I think if anyone's really serious about getting into coffee, I think it's a great great opportunity to learn a lot and meet a lot of great people. But at the same time, I also think that the kinds of culture that, that kind of um, encourages um, is not healthy. Um, you know, the kind of like the, the, the personalities or the kind of the people, the things that are encouraged are the people, not necessarily all the people who win. That sounds like sour grapes, but... Um, I don't know, like you talk, you see, watch someone's com- competition and, or like, you know, I watch a friend compete and I'm not going to name names and like I've known these people for, for years and years and years and you watch yeah, them compete. Good people. good people, totally good people. Yeah. And you watch them compete and you're like, who is that? Oh, man. <laughs> and I'm like, like, I, what I want on the, the stage is I just want real. I want, I, it really, it's, it's all, it's become too much of like a, a dog and pony show to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and I want, I want to know about the coffee, of course. Um, but I also just want to like the people on stage to be like real. Yeah. You want to get to know somebody? Yeah, totally. And I, I can actually really identify with, it's like, makes my skin crawl. It makes me get like chicken skin when I, when I watch somebody that I know and then they go up there and granted they're doing potentially the right thing to win. Right. Which is somewhat frustrating no that's i think that's the, the ultimately really frustrating thing is is and i've also judged oh so yeah you have. so you judged me no i, I no, never, you no, I never me. judge you, you just, no. i mean you, i'm always you judging always you judged me. i'm always judging you <laughs> um no but i mean i've judged and the things that they're that judges are told to look for people are definitely uh, have have clued into this and are are trying to check the boxes and they're trying to be a good competitor which right. you know of any competition you learn the rules and you try to maximize yeah, try your, to win. Your, your your yeah you try to win right. um but i think that as an industry and not just the competition i think we need to like step back and go okay like what are we presenting not just to like our consumers but what are we what are we like saying to each other yeah um, culturally, yeah, what do we value? Not a lot of unity for how much unity is like available. You know, like there's so much. It's like every time I go to these things, I love it, 
But then there's always like some sort of weird competition. It feels like to be the best, whatever quote unquote that is. There's, there's something weird about that that I don't. Or or almost like there's always something. There's like lines in the sand. It's like, well, this is how it should be done, and whatever it is, right? There's like a million ways you could say this is how it should be done. Whether it's amount of coffee and extraction. In fact, you said something at your at tailored. I got a shot of espresso, and it was amongst if not the best shot of espresso i've had on this whole trip so shout out to the team there and you looked at me after i drank it and you kind of gave me like a you know is it good face and i was like yeah it's it's good and and you had just made mention in, in some of the way you prepare it and i identified with that in a way he said he said put sometimes you slow it down by putting a little more coffee in there and you can still get a, like a really balanced bigger extraction but for me i have a lot of shots that to me taste over extracted and there's a lot of bitterness in them um, and they're really thin in the world. But you, you made mention of add a little more coffee, slow it down that way, and it'll balance it out. And I like that. However, most places I go to live in some sort of box of some recipe they heard somewhere, and they just make coffee that way. And they might like it. And I guess if they like it, I have to like shy away from the statement. But if, if you're just making it that way because somebody famous told you so, it's a really frustrating place to be. Or somebody big, you know, like this is how they do it there. I have to do it this way too. Oh man, that that just kills me. Um, I mean, especially uh, especially as someone who has been a, a, a barista trainer for a long time. Yeah. Um, that just kills me. Like recipes are the are are the worst. The worst. Uh, I mean, I mean there are parameters that are very helpful. General. You know, like you're not going to use 60 grams in and 20 grams of brutus espresso out sure hope not no that's um but you want to be oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i used to make him coffee in Did new york really yeah in new york i was, uh, I was I off the mic i said I shout out bear pond but that's he doesn't do that but he has really for the no. y'all who don't know he pulls very very short long shots of coffee and if they're not perfect he doesn't even serve them uh, he's he is he's a hilarious lovely man i love that guy i love making he was one of my favorite customers at a place called abrasso in new york city he, he was a, he, he was come there yeah oh yeah totally regular everybody look up bear pond coffee it's in japan china yeah, tokyo tokyo japan okay i'm not crazy see same thing date dates and names i'm like am i right i always second guess myself okay recipes though yeah there are general of course. I mean, recipes are like ballpark. Right. Okay, let's get in within the range of reasonable things happening. Yeah. Um, my big thing, at least for extraction-wise, is it doesn't matter where the coffee comes from. doesn't matter how you think it was roasted. doesn't matter what espresso machine you're using. doesn't matter what grinder you're using. If you, like, taste the coffee and really think about, like, what's going on, Flavor-wise, the coffee, for me at least, is going to tell me, like, what to do with it. You know, if it's, you know, sharp or watery or astringent or accurate or whatever, I mean, there's ways to, like, suss out what is wrong and how to fix it. Um, Generally speaking, when I taste espresso lately, um, it's, it's usually too fine of a grind i would say not utilizing enough water you need water kids don't be afraid of the water um you really do uh water is not your enemy water is your friend that's what makes coffee soluble and yeah. which makes coffee delicious um really what you're gonna that's get cat a- fact y'all 
What's going to create problems, though, is if you have too fine of a grind and you're saturating that coffee for too long or you're forcing an uneven extraction. So by going coarser, then your shots start to run too fast and then start tasting sour. Um, so what I typically try to do is I use try to get the ballpark using the grind to get a certain range of volume of espresso within reasonable yeah. volume. Um, and that's kind of experience. So whatever coffee you're using, light roast or dark roast, that'll play that differently a little bit. Yeah. Um, but then instead of using the grind to like slow it down to kind of get that balance that you're looking for, uh, using more coffee, uh, which seems counterintuitive, but if you use more coffee, then you need to use more water. So again, don't be afraid of water because if you use more coffee, you need more water to extract the stuff that you want. Right. <laughs> Ultimately, you're looking for better and more flavor. Mostly <laughs> when I much serve people coffee, uh, I want them to think that they want to drink m all of it. All of it. And perhaps maybe order another one. Yeah. Um, so leaving them with an aftertaste of, you know, pleasant, delicious coffee flavor. Coffee flavored coffee? Coffee flavored coffee, everybody. It's a new thing. We just reinvented the wheel. But this is important stuff for all y'all who are listening who are young baristas. This is pretty wise stuff. Uh, so, okay. Culture is a big thing. Like, what do you... If you could just, like, snap your fingers... Nailed it. He snapped him just now. I don't think anything happened out there, but if everything changed for the better, it's definitely Jordan's definitely Jordan's fault in a good way. If you could just say, here's two things that I would like to see change in specialty coffee that I think Jordan Barber would positively affect it, what would they be? Oh, man. I know. That was that's a dick like, hole. Like, like, uh, how much time do you have? Uh, oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, uh, just check my wife call or no? Okay. Uh, two things, man. You don't have to call out two. I if you even just call out one. I think. I think we gotta like look at as a, as an industry of why we're doing this, and if you are doing it for money, get out. Yes. <laughs> we don't want you. GTFO. <laughs> um, if you're in it because you love it. And that's why I did it for 12 years is I loved it. And to be honest, man, I had to hustle my ass off in New York to, like, make it work. Um, so, if, you know, if you don't love it, get out. You're not – there's no – there's not, like – there are not a lot of people I know in coffee who make a ton of money. Um, you you got to make it about the love of, of the coffee. So I wish – I think one thing, if people who are just in it to, like, um, take advantage of – um, people of lesser means <laughs> to make a buck uh, would get out. I think that would make a huge difference. But then, for the people who are who are in it because they love it, um, I think we need to think about like the bigger picture of of the industry. Um, a lot of people. I mean, we we talked about this briefly in the, at Tailored, um, but we, we have to make it about the people because everyone can say. You know, we've sourced the best green, it's sustainable, it's organic, it's fair trade, or whatever. Um, everyone can say that these days. Um, and I think that's a huge move forward in the industry. I'm not going to... It's a good thing. It's a totally great thing, because, like, when I first got into coffee, there was no direct trade. Yeah. No, uh, no, I think that's totally. awesome. We're, we're paying, starting to pay farmers um, a lot more money. What's up, man? How's Howdy. it going? Oh, we're, we're, we're recording, recording a podcast. We're recording a podcast. Oh, 
Yeah, yeah. it's like a, it's a coffee podcast. Just for ner- yeah. we got a Bernie Sanders representer out here. Yeah, g- represent Bernie. Thumbs up. That's oh yeah, who you Bernie voted all for? the way, man. He voted. All right. Have yeah, if you guys aren't registered to vote, by the way. Yeah. Now's your chance. Yeah, you better register. Yeah, actually. <laughs> this, I'm going to take you quickly off a sidebar because you reminded me of a, a good joke that um, our friend, uh, great friend and super supporter Ellen DeGeneres from the Ellen DeGeneres show said. She's not a supporter or a friend. I'm sure she'd be a friend. Uh, I was watching I think she'd it. like you guys. She would love us. Ellen's a great gal. She. I feel, <laughs> I feel like Baca and Ellen DeGeneres in the same room would, <laughs> would cause explosions. Things would happen. <laughs> for sure. She was talking about how all the hits on the internet and Google have gone up for how do I move to Canada or how do I move out of the United States? And she's all, you know what would be actually even better than moving to Canada and maybe like less stress and hard work would be maybe just getting out there and voting. <laughs> Try that on for size. <laughs> and I thought, I was like, good joke, Ellen. Wait, all I have to do is vote? You know, do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> yeah, I think that's all it takes. You just go out there and write it on down. And then you can vote for who you want. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get political on this thing. I, I gave a guy a thumbs up, and he was a great guy about the Bernie Sanders thing. But I'm not gonna say that's who you should vote for because well, that, that guy's actually he, like the dude that we that just walked by and was yeah. asking us what we were doing uh, is actually like kind of a an, uh, kind of a institution here in Eugene. Is he's, he a local hero? Oh yeah, he's a local hero. He hangs out by campus at the University of Oregon, and he sells like little poetry joke books. Oh. That's like what he does, and he's been there. I grew up in Eugene uh, since like 1990 or something like that. Whoa! And that dude has been hanging on campus selling the same joke books, same poetry books. Poetry f- joke since books. like 1990 at least. Has he at least attempted to call them poetrix? No, no. Do you think that would be a good name for poetry books? That, that have guy jokes? is a vortex of conversation. <laughs> okay. Not, I mean, he's a lovely human being, <laughs> but if you go down that rabbit hole, be prepared. Do you have a name for this guy? Honestly, it's been like probably a decade since I've talked to him, so oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm horrible with names. It just went full it's to circle my shame. Right here for Jordan Barber and Eugene. Okay, um, <laughs> we just went full circle. Full circle. Um, what happened? But but back to what we're. I want to bring it back. Bring it back to because I think I think this is a good conversation <laughs> because I think it's actually really important. Um, so what kind of we were? I was saying about everybody can say they're you know direct trade. Um, yeah. organic, whatever, which, it, again, is awesome. Kudos. Yeah, important. Wasn't like happening. Quality points. Wasn't happening when I first started points. in coffee. Sustainability is, we need to figure, we need to take that ac- actually even further. That we are, We're just at the tip of the iceberg of that. Um, but I think more importantly is we need to make what we're doing in the industry about the people. Not just the people we serve in the cafe, um, or our coworkers, um, but we need to make it about the entire the entire industry. From right. and again, it's really cliche to say it, but seed to cup. I mean, it's horrible. I I feel dirty saying seed to cup, but really, like, I think when you have like green buying companies that are are doing a great thing and bringing a lot more quality to the industry. Um, I'm not gonna name names, but um, it's made pretty great coffee accessible to a lot of smaller roasters which i don't think would be possible otherwise no i think that's really important. but i think it's at the same time has kind of uh and not all not always but has actually taken kind of like that that one step further of like actually connecting the the grower to the consumer 
you know, through the roaster, uh, like out of the equation a little bit. And I, I see that as, as a, a detriment to the industry. And I think what, what's happened is we actually have, as a result, sorry, there's a big truck going big truck, by. Big truck. It's a fire truck. Um, we've started to see, I mean, I, I, again, it's a little haterade. Um, but we had a lot of like mid range. You're not even in the industry, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Just what? drop haterade on everybody. No. <laughs> Everyone already knows I'm a hater. It's fine. Um, but there, there's a lot of like mid-range coffee roasters um, that are just kind of floating. They're not. I don't really see them pushing. Like no impact. In, no impact. And yeah, I, you know, it's one thing to have like a successful business and you know be you know sustainable and hire people and yeah. economy. And I, I get it. But Good I mean, there. I think what the people who I'm really talking about are the people who have the opportunity. Yeah. To make a difference, um, kind and of aren't. like, and aren't, they're just yeah. kind of like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm serving my local community, you know, I'm hiring local people and paying them hopefully a decent wage, um, right. pay your employees, um, please, um, make the industry sustainable for the people who work for you. Um, but I, I see a lot of people just floating and not, not doing anything. And I think. You know, I think that's a big reason why some companies have been really successful is they have pushed it forward. You know, those are your your intelligentsias of old. Right. Uh, those are your rituals of old. Uh, you know, your verbs of old. Um, you know, companies that you know you know started like Direct Trade, for yeah. example, Stump- yeah. Stumptown, and you know they got to where they were because they took a chance and decided to like do things differently and try to make an impact. Yeah. Um, I think going in that direction, and to be completely honest, I'm, I don't know what that direction is right now. It's um, a big question, for sure. I'm with you. But I don't, I just see kind of a general stagnation, and that troubles me. Yeah, there's definitely, I agree with you, there's a big stagnation in the industry right now. And I think, I mean, all that means, everybody, is that there's opportunity. And if you feel like you've got a dream in your heart, jump into the coffee industry, but have a reason don't just jump into the coffee industry to jump in the coffee industry. And it's the same thing. If you, if you want to make espresso and that's all you want out of it, do it with like, make sure you're passionate about it and serve people really well. Cause I mean, to me, it's something that I actually always talk about, talked about it at Verve. I talked about it at Castle in the French press. It was like, it's like the thing that I always added to every orientation was every day that you come into our shop to serve coffee, whatever it is, like, what you're doing, hopefully, is producing something of quality and a positive experience for somebody who comes in who hopefully has never tried coffee like this before. And that experience leads to them forever buying coffee like this and telling their friends about it, which means really nothing to you as a person. That's great. But think about it on the flip side, where especially coffee was at one point like 10% of the world's coffee market. And then all those people that we positively impact turn that number into 20, 30, 40%. And 40%, especially coffee, by theoretical definition, is the top 10% of the world's rated coffee on like this scale of points that is like 80 and above. And that might mean nothing to a lot of people, but the long and the short of it is the quality of coffee that the companies you and I have worked for numbers-wise are like no less than 84, 85 points, most likely, right? Yeah. And so if that number, call it, two to five percent right now in the world can probably go, yeah right can go up to 10 to 20 percent holistically 
we are changing a worldwide market. We're giving people money that are in these other countries that you're never going to see that have it way harder than we do. And I, that for me is like the thing that I'm like, remember that you come in with a headache, you come in, decide to be hung over. Like think about somebody who <laughs> can't even afford to like buy food, who's making us this coffee and like think about that or try to at least try to keep that in mind. Yeah. I mean, I think that again, uh, kind of to, to t- touch on that point, I think, I mean, that's again, why the barista competition scene like drives me nuts. It's like, you have this like kind of fake personalities on stage, like talking about coffees. And the reality is, is like, it's not about you. (laughs) It really Um, isn't. It is about the coffee. It uh, it is about these farmers who are killing themselves, breaking their backs, working year in, year out with the hope that someone will pay a little bit more for their coffee. Um, So provide for like their kids. Yeah. So their kids can go to school so they can have clean drinking water. Uh, Maybe have, you know, a future of some sort. Um, I think, you know, making making the industry about the people that we serve on every level is what needs to happen. Um, and if you can make as a company, I hope that I'm speaking more generally. But if you know, if you're in a position where you can go directly to a farmer or you know pay a higher price for a coffee that that has impact um you know buying from importers is is great and easy but you know if you have the means and the opportunity to to go and buy coffee directly and and pay people like money that they deserve yeah for for quality coffee that's that's gonna change the industry um well maybe even think about it like maybe not to go a step further you probably are thinking this exact same way but it's like and also commit to them right like i mean you have to i mean i think that's why you have companies the bigger players in the industry or i mean i think i mean like holistically of course of course you uh, you know it's a good thing to buy direct trade but i think direct trade was also like a a means of survival honestly for companies getting to a particular size because it's like we need to secure good coffee um and kind of again to touch on you know, looking at the long game, mm-hmm. you know, we have a bunch of coffee roasters that are kind of mid-level and not really doing anything and still buying, you know, your your 80s, you know, mid-level coffees, Yeah, um, which is great, you know, not to be a, a Debbie Downer, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be all that much coffee of that caliber in 20, 30 years. Right. Um, Climate change is real, hashtag. Um, pretty gnarly. So, I mean, we need to, I think, we need to think proactively and look at um, how are we going to secure great coffee for the future. And I think you, us as an industry, not really me because I'm not really in it, so I'm going I'm, to, I'm, ba- I'm, I'm pulling the ejection cord. Um, <laughs> I don't but believe I, in you. But, but I, I still, I will always want to drink exceptional coffee. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, I mean, I can't. I can't go back. <laughs> it's for <laughs> I mean, you're talking to a guy who has an EK43 in their kitchen, which is fantastic. Um, so, for all y'all who don't know, it's a Malcuna grinder that's really great. Perfect, perfect particle sizing almost every time. Um, yeah, but so anyways, like I, I always want to drink great coffee, and like you know, the way I see the industry right now, I don't know if there's gonna be. 
I mean, I want to I want to serve you know twenty to thirty percent of coffee drinkers, or yeah. I I want you know twenty thirty percent of all coffee drinkers to drink better coffee. Oh, that'd be crazy. I want to share it with people who have never had it and be wowed by it, like yeah. totally. But you know, I think if we stagnate and we don't make it about the people that we serve and we don't think long term, I think that's going to have um, catastrophic repercussions um, yeah. that we need to start thinking about as an industry. I think Sorry, no, that's, that was real. I that was real beautiful. on a really beautiful day. It's, yeah, drinking just came drinking out. a beer outside, and I'm bringing bringing it down. I think it just got super real, and I think that is the perfect way to call a great half hour talk. But first, I think that's all very poignant and very real. And I don't think I don't. I think people are thinking it, and I'm not sure enough people are claiming the realities of what's going on. Like they talk about it at symposium. But unfortunately, symposium costs fifteen hundred dollars to go to, so a lot of the general barista public are not going to go to that. And yeah, man. But I think again, like we were, we were talking about the. I think we before we started the podcast, we were talking about, uh, am I going to Atlanta for? Yeah. And I'm I'm not. So sorry if anyone wanted to see me, but I'm you not going to not going to so be bad. there. Um, but I mean, the the only reason I'd want to go is because I'd want to see some of the people that. I have relationships with and yeah, it'd be great to catch up with them. But you know, like symposium, it's like just like going to Atlanta. It's you're talking to the same people. Yep. We need to stop, start talking to different people, different people. Um, We expand this thing. We need to make it uh, more encompassing. (laughs) How do we collab? You know, we need, we need to bring more people into the fold. Yeah. Um, Not just the people who can afford to go to symposium, because clearly if you can afford to go to symposium, you don't have that problem. Um, (laughs) No joke. uh, you need you need to yeah we need to bring other people yeah um, or at least if you're going to symposium and you are like taking the plunge and it is a big chunk take something back with it from it and like implement it on your team and teach them something teach somebody something please yeah I don't I mean I I know plenty of people who have gone to symposium and honestly like I don't really hear a lot from them. Like why are why aren't these people like spreading the love? What happens there? Calling you out. Um, it's like a secret society of people who can afford to go to a symposium. Yeah, I was privileged enough to go to one. Hashtag symposium. poor stu- student. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean hashtag most baristas aren't going. Right. It's a it's like an owner and it's a pretty high level place to be. I feel like there maybe should be more scholarships to be able to go to that. I think that's a great idea. I think getting people involved who wouldn't otherwise be able to go would be have more impact on the industry yeah i mean so i went and there was some really amazing talks on on gender equality and there was a lot of there were some really great talks on 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 you know roya and fungus and you know the future of of coffee on the horticulture level that that was really I, interesting. i'm actually gonna, i'm gonna actually stop you right there stop it right now um I just want to call out like we need we need to support the women in our industry seriously it's, it, it has been a cheering it has been a boys club for too long i know so many women in the industry that are so talented i could sit here and waste a half hour more of your time talking about the women that i know in the industry i'm gonna leave Uh, you here shout out sorry (laughs) (laughs) all right that's i'll leave it there but i I think that's a good thing to call out yeah sorry there's nothing to be sorry about there it's it needs to be said and it's but okay yeah so that's the thing you know horticulture roya things like that um roya being coffee rest everybody for maybe who, who you don't know it's something that's affected 
coffee and then climate change is a big deal and it, it gets colder in tropics in the tropics and coffee doesn't survive as well and there's just there's like a number of things that stuff was that, that stuff i took away and i was like huh really interesting and then there's some other things that were i would consider interesting really interesting on like a very broad high, high so high the level right the thirty thousand foot level that like how do you apply them? I think that's my problem with a lot of things in our industry is there's a lot of talk, but, and it's good talk, but it's like, if you don't take it from talk to like, how do we apply it to as far down as we can go into the level down to yeah, whatever, how do you bring that, that, that to like the, the barista level? Yeah. yeah the new exactly. hire level. Like, or how do you, how do you, how do you bring that difference? to your, you know, if you're not going to source, so how do you go to your importer and be like, Hey, are you making sure these farmers are actually getting their money? What, uh, you know, what kind of certification can I see or paperwork or, yep. you know, where, where's Something. my money going? Yeah. Something, you know, like uh, where is that conversation continuing? Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen it. And if it's happening behind closed doors, um, it shouldn't why? happen. Be- exactly. Why? Um, but my my inclination is to believe that it's not happening. So really, if I were to think about all we've talked about, Jordan Barber wants somebody to be like, please show us that you're doing something positive and, and be open to like and make it known. And like, let's let's all learn that. Like, show show us what you're doing and show us how it's being a, uh, implemented in a positive way to bring, yeah, our, totally. bring our industry for, industry forward, not only for for pe- people here that serve the coffee, but people there who produce the coffee and and everybody in between. Show us how you're doing it and why, and don't keep it a secret. And historically, it it's secret. it's and it's always been. Succe- I mean, I don't know, not always, but historically speaking, the companies who have been successful have done this. I I just think we need to do more of it. So I mean, for those of us who think about this stuff, would you say these people came up with differentiators at the time and jumped on it? Yeah, absolutely. Right. I, I mean, agree. I'm big into the idea I of mean, trying to figure out a differentiator. Again, I think it's, uh, again, it's, it's about the people, man. Yeah. It's about connecting the people. Yeah. If you can figure out how to connect more people to what you're doing, um, even if it's like, you know, what, people are already doing if right you're, if, but if you're able to connect with more people on a real level mm-hmm. um and bring people into the fold that otherwise wouldn't be into the fold i think i think that is i think that's the future of coffee amen sick preaching today jordan <laughs> okay so just to wrap it up you're doing human phys- physiology now yeah and i'm forcing you to now say what is the long play with human physiology potentially uh physical therapy sick uh, you stretch yeah. out the quads, the calves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> loose. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of what I was doing before I got into coffee was was pursuing that. And, so yeah, I'm giving it another crack. I was a horrible student before. Uh, I couldn't sit still, probably drinking too much coffee. Um, but now I'm my my older, <laughs> hopefully not twilight years. Wiser. I'm, I'm able to sit still and um, be a much better student and it's actually been great you probably are really interested in learning about this stuff too. yeah it's actually it's, it's really interesting it's really fascinating um and I'm, I'm better at sitting down and and doing the work that's necessary well i mean the girl inside who checked your id said you still got it direct <laughs> quote so uh ladies and gentlemen no comment he's still got it uh i'm not gonna make you shout out all your instagram and all that stuff because um not because you don't care but because you probably don't want people hitting you up all over the place. And I also noticed that your Instagram was private, so. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I feel weird when people, on, I mean. They'll look no, at you. No, 
uh, it, it just it makes me feel weird when people I don't know like try to friend me on social media. I'm like, who are? I'm sorry. They're like, I want to see you. <laughs> like, I don't know. You know what? If you guys, if you guys, just you can Google them. Everybody knows you can Google people. Just Google them if you need to. Jordan, thanks for sitting down with me and having a beer. No problem. And taking me out of the house. Um, guys, this has been the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. It's been a great time for all y'all who have questions or anything. Hit us up, info at catandcloud.com. Uh, we're going to post on the blog uh, our USBC in Atlanta schedule so y'all can come high five us and see us at the weird booths that we, they're not weird, they're fantastic booths. I don't know why I said weird. I think I just feel weird promoting ourselves like this. But uh, anyway, we'll be at Akaya. We'll be at Malkunik. We'll be at La Marzocco. We'll be emceeing the AeroPress competition. We will be at the Panama booth and we will be probably somewhere else and we'll always be in love with you. So, <laughs> until we see you, thanks for uh, stopping by, Jordan. Thanks for having me. This has been the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast and we'll see you next time.